are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Happy emergency trade deadline podcast, everybody. Recording this right after the deadline passed on Thursday. It's now the second time in three episodes that we've had rapid reaction to a recent trade. The timing seemed to work out pretty well. We're going to release this late on Thursday. It will also serve as our Friday episode as um, there. this is all of the news. The deadline's happened, so this is, this is what we need to talk about. Unfortunately, I am sick with the flu today, so um, if it sounds miserable, it's because I am pretty miserable. On the one hand, having the flu during the trade deadline is great because you can pay attention to everything, don't miss anything. Um, I'm just sitting here watching the coverage, but then as soon as something Wolves-related happens, I realized I needed to write, record a bunch of stuff, and I'm really in no condition to be doing that. So um, apologies if I sound a little hoarse, but here we are. It's it's uh, time to react to this trade. It's easily the biggest Wolves trade, uh, I mean, easily since the Jimmy Butler deal, um, and and one of the bigger trades in, in franchise history. Um, so we're going to get into that. We're going to spend the entire podcast talking about Wolves trades. Also, while I was preparing for this this podcast, there was another um, more minor Timberwolves trade that they got in on. So we'll spend the first couple segments talking about the uh, D'Angelo Russell deal that everybody knows about and my take on that. And then we'll get into the other trade that the Wolves made um, just prior to the deadline. First, a quick reminder to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at LockedOnTWolves. That's at LockedOnTWolves. Don't forget the T. All right, let's get into the trade. So the Wolves received from the Warriors, obviously D'Angelo Russell, the the soon-to-be 24-year-old um, point guard who made the All-Star team last year, one-time All-Star. They also got Amari Spellman and guard Jacob Evans. Golden State will get Andrew Wiggins. They get a 2021 top three protected first-round pick. They also get a 2021 second-round pick. The draft pick from the Wolves is unprotected in 2022 if it doesn't convey next year. So if the Wolves end up in the top three in the lottery in 2021, which for everybody's sake, I hope that they don't, um, then they would convey an unprotected pick to Golden State in two years. So clearly the Warriors are banking on the Wolves um, not being good again next year as uh, as uh, that's the pick that they'll be getting back in this trade. The word earlier this week that made everybody think that this trade simply wasn't going to happen was that the Warriors wanted two first-round picks. Ideally, they wanted the Wolves' unprotected 2020 pick. That's this season because, of course, the Wolves are terrible this year. The Wolves dug in, and I think something that's been overlooked, at least given the um, across the immediate reaction on the on the Twitter sphere, um, is that the Wolves simply bet that the Warriors wanted to get this done this year or get this done right now to stay under the tax. They ultimately blinked. The Wolves only ended up giving them the one first-round pick, and they even got the top three protection next year. And the Wolves got the deal done with just the one first-round pick involved. Um, of course, the odds are also that the Wolves are better next year, even if they're not, even if they're not a, like a true championship contender. They're not going to be worse um, next year than they are this year, unless something catastrophic happens. So um, it it this trade makes a ton of sense for the Timberwolves. Um, the cliff notes really is that the Wolves got the deal done. They got rid of the Wiggins contract. They improved their overall roster talent. The Warriors get to get out of their tax situation, but basically they're, they swapped Wiggins for Russell and, and really they got Russell for Kevin Durant over the summer. So they've, they've really, they've turned, um, Kevin Durant and Andrew Wiggins with some picks exchanged here and there, but they aren't ahead in the, in the pick game either because they gave up some picks. Um, along the way too. So 
I see this as a puzzling move by the Warriors at best. They're fit, they're um, assuming that a change of scenery for Warriors will help for excuse me for Wiggins will help. Maybe Wiggins has a really strong second part of the season for what's a bad Warriors team if he increases his trade value. The Warriors could flip him and some of their draft assets in a trade for another, um, you know, a veteran player who can help them win next year when Curry and Clay Thompson are back. Um, so I, it wouldn't surprise me if that was the thought process for the Warriors if they're really going to try and increase Wiggins' trade value. And, and flip him, kind of what, which is basically what the Wolves did this year. Um, and it worked. I mean, this is the best year of Wiggins' career so far. It's not saying a whole lot, but he has played better than he has his previous five years in the league. And the Wolves were basically just able to trade him in a first and a second for D'Angelo Russell. And and the Warriors had to attach a couple players to Russell um, to make this work, too. Um, the Golden State, after this trade, actually only had nine guys under contract. So, um, Lots of moving parts here, super fascinating. Um, but ultimately, this is this is basically what the Wolves wanted all along. Um, and and the fact that Rosas was able to get this done and the Wolves front office were able to get this done without forfeiting a second first-round pick, without forfeiting this year's pick, or the Brooklyn Nets pick they just got from the Atlanta Hawks, which right now is projecting to be the 15th or 16th pick in the draft just outside the lottery, the Wolves are still going to have two high first-round picks this year. They're going to have a lottery pick and they're going to have the Nets pick. Um, and... And that that's significant. This is the year that they need those picks, either to pick someone um, in the draft or to to package them together to make a larger deal. It, it really take a step back and look at the assets that the Wolves now have. They have their pick this year, which is going to be almost certainly a top six or seven pick. They have the Nets pick, which is going to be roughly fifteenth or sixteenth. So two two picks basically in the top half of the first round of the draft. They have um, they have. A couple of expiring deals, Evan Turner and Alan Crabb combined. That's over $37 million coming off the books this summer. Um, they also have a big expiring deal. We'll get to this trade in a little bit, but if you hadn't heard, uh, Gorgie Jang was traded for James Johnson. Um, it's basically a, um, a small cost savings move for the Wolves, but that contract will expire after next year, so they'll have that coming off the books. They could include that as part of a trade. And the Wolves, of course, still have Josh Okoge. They still have Jarrett Culver. Don't be surprised if the Wolves package one of Culver or Okoge with one or both of those first-round picks to acquire some NBA talent um, that's ready to play and plug into the lineup between Towns and D'Angelo Russell. Um, the likes of Devin Booker, the likes of Bradley Beal. I mean, obviously, there's there's varying levels of availability and, and also what will need to be given up to acquire those talents. But then again, I don't think anybody thought the Wolves would be able to get D'Angelo Russell for a uh, basically a pick in Andrew Wiggins. Um, I think that 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 was uh, relatively surprising to to pretty much everyone. Um, so don't be surprised if the Wolves instead of just I don't think they're going to pick two rookies this year in the first round and hang on to them. I think they're going to move at least one, if not both, of those picks to to try and make this into a a playoff contending team next year as Towns and Russell grow together. Their timelines are obviously much more concurrent, which is something Rosas has talked about quite a bit. Next up, I want to get into the actual fit and how the Wolves would project to play with Russell and Towns. I think that um, there's a lot of uh, there's there's some folks out there that feel like Russell is um, advanced stats don't think much of D'Angelo Russell, and I'm well aware of that. Um, that he is certainly an overrated All Star type player, and he's an awful defender. But that doesn't mean that this trade didn't make the Wolves better, and it didn't mean that the Wolves. Um, you know, weren't smartly using their assets because I think that trading Wiggins in this pick for somebody of the caliber of D'Angelo Russell, the upside of D'Angelo Russell, absolutely um, is a good call and absolutely matters. So we're going to get into that here next and, and what my thoughts are. Um, I did want to mention um, our friends at Calm, though, before we do that. We talk about physical fitness a lot. But there's another side to the game that's just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. 
LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, and Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. For LeBron James, sleep is an important part of his mental fitness routine. He says, getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things I can do for my body and mind. And if you head to calm.com slash NBA, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium membership. With Calm, you have access to the nature scenes LeBron loves, like rain on leaves, and so much more like sleep stories and meditations. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash NBA. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash NBA. That's calm.com slash NBA. Okay, let's take a, a small step back and look at this D'Angelo Russell trade from a purely basketball perspective and what the fit looks like with Russell and the Timberwolves. I think it's very easy to look at this and say, okay, Russell was an all-star last year, Towns was an all-star last year. They have very similar timelines. They're roughly the same age. They're best friends. This makes sense. They're going to be a great pick-and-roll duo. Then there's also the side of things that's, well, Russell's a bad defender. He's overrated. He shouldn't have been an all-star last year. He was a bad player on a bad team this year. Towns, or an overrated player on a bad team this year. Towns is an overrated player on a good team. Empty stats, blah, 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 blah. I think, as with many things, I think the answer lies somewhere in between. This is far from a complete and utter slam dunk. D'Angelo Russell probably shouldn't have been an all-star last year. He does absolutely put up some numbers that are, um, I mean, he gives them back on the defensive end of the floor, I think is fair to say. You look at almost any defensive metric, at almost any advanced metric, whether it be um, real plus minus at ESPN, the box score plus minus at basketball reference, even win shares doesn't love Russell. It thinks he's just an okay, kind of a starting caliber player at best, um, was kind of where it was on him last year. I think that all those things can still be true and the Wolves could still be gambling on the upside of Russell, who's not yet 24 and point guards typically mature a little later, become better later in their career. He's been a better shooter this year than he had been previously. He's improving his efficiency. And also there's this, um, even though it's kind of just like the warm fuzzies, there's still something likely to the Russell Towns friendship as long as, I mean, I mean, sure, they could potentially enable each other's bad habits defensively. But if the Wolves have the proper structure in place, if David Vanterpool is all over them to help have them improve defensively, if the Wolves acquire guys like, we'll get to this in a minute, James Johnson, um, who's a tough defensive-minded guy who's going who's gonna to push the Wolves, um, maybe that's what the Wolves need. And and the, the Towns-Russell pairing is going to work with some of the other pieces that can help um, improve the defense with the coaching staff, with the front office. All those things can work together. And, and I think that there's, there's an argument to be made here the Wolves aren't trading for Russell for what he is now and nothing more. They're trading for Russell so that Russell and Towns can continue to grow together and improve over the next three plus years. And I think it's very likely that they do. They both are not anywhere near what their ceilings actually are. And there's plenty of growth to be had, especially on the defensive end of the floor. Um, you look at the Wolves lineup now and Russell at point guard, you put Towns at center. You figure that Malik Beasley is going to be on the wing. He's going to play one of the wing spots. Likely Juancho Hernan Gomez is going to play the power forward spot. He's just an okay defender. Both Beasley and Hernan Gomez at best are average defenders. And then probably we'll call it Josh Rakogi's the fifth starter. Um, of those four, of those five guys, at least two of them are below average defenders, if not three of them. And Akogi would be the only plus defender among that group. So clearly defense is going to be an issue. And I don't think anybody's arguing that it's not. However, look at how much the Wolves have improved their outside shooting in just the last week. D'Angelo Russell is an above-average three-point shooter. Malik Beasley is an above-average three-point shooter. Juan Hernan Gomez can be an above-average three-point shooter, has been. Jake Lehman um, will be back from injury at some point, and, and that will, you know, he'll further shore up that side of the ball. 
all these guys that the Wolves are acquiring are guys who can hit threes. Oh, and even if you consider um, also in this trade, we, we haven't, we're not going to spend much to- time talking about Evans and, and Spellman, but Omari Spellman can shoot threes too. Um, he's, he's more of an undersized power forward guy who can stretch the four a little. Um, James Johnson, who they acquired, is shooting a career best. 35-ish percent from beyond the arc. So really everybody that they brought in, short of maybe Jacob Evans and I guess Evan Turner, if he plays for the Wolves at all, um, is a, is an above average shooter. And the Wolves sent out a bunch of guys who are below average shooters. So you, you imagine this five-out offense that the Wolves want to play, pick and rolls between Russell and Towns, um, putting Towns in the post, surrounding him with with four players, three of whom are above average shooters. And the weak link is simply going to be a Kogi or Culver. Stick one of those guys in the corner or Kogi's okay from the corners. Um, and, and the offense suddenly becomes that much more dynamic. Again, it doesn't solve the problems on defense and Vanterpool is going to need to pull a rabbit out of his hat and, and really convince these guys to grow together on that end of the floor. Um, but you add some of these fringy moves in, like a James Johnson. Um, Hernan Gomez, I think, is an underrated defender. He's he's a switchable guy. He can guard multiple positions. Same with Johnson. Same with Spellman, really. Um, if they get a bunch of these guys that are, you know, between 6'6 six, six and 6'9, six, 6'8, six, um, you know, it continues to be an, a defense that can hopefully be competitive. Right away, it's probably going to be miserable. I think the Wolves are probably still a pretty bad team the rest of this year. But as this roster continues to take shape, this offense was actually, I know everybody likes to complain about the defense, and it's fair. Carl Anthony Towns has not been good defensively for most of his career. But you look at this team overall in the season, the offense is actually far worse than the defense. The offense is 23rd in, in offensive rating in the league. The defense is 16th, and that's mostly been the case all year. The defense has hovered around middle of the pack. If the Wolves are betting that this offense can become a top five offense and the defense can stay middle of the pack, that's okay. This is a playoff team. If you have a top five offense and middle of the pack defense, that's a playoff team. That's actually in, pretty similar to the, to the playoff team from a couple years ago with Jimmy Butler and, and Tom Thibodeau coaching. Um, and if that's what they're betting, if they're if they're betting on the offense going sky's the limit with Russell and Towns surrounding them with average and above average shooters and making some of these tweaks on the edges to, to improve the chemistry, to make this team tougher... Um, then this team's not going to be as bad as I think as I think it's just easy to say, oh, good stats, bad team guy, Russell, good stats, bad team guy, Towns. But I think that that overlooks where this is actually headed. Now, I alluded to this in the first segment, but there's also the possibility of another big trade this this offseason. And, and we'll get more into this in the coming days because I think I, we really need to kind of wrap our minds around the immediate impact on the team. But also, also looking down the road, the potential cap savings the Wolves could have, the additional expiring contracts, the um, two first round picks this year that they could use to package. Um, the Wolves are going to be in a position where they can strike, whether that be Devin Booker, whether it be Bradley Beal, whether it be somebody like a Malik Beasley, who the Wolves think is undervalued and has significant upside. The Wolves can still make some moves. They've somehow gone from having a really inflexible roster from a contact, contract perspective to a really flexible roster. It's been a really impressive transition in really just the past couple of weeks from Rosas and, and the Wolves front office. All right, I do want to talk about the James Johnson Gorgie Jang swap just a little bit, put a bow on the deadline. Um, but first, I did want to talk a little bit about advertising locally with Locked On Wolves. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Wolves is a great way for local businesses to reach passionate Minnesota Timberwolves fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. And not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Minnesota Timberwolves fans in a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. 
We'll get our team to help your team achieve locked on advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. While I was preparing to talk about the D'Angelo Russell trade, there was another trade that broke. It was actually John Krasinski from The Athletic in the Twin Cities that, that broke the news of this deal. But the Wolves traded Gorgie Jang and got back James Johnson. James Johnson, I had mentioned on this morning's podcast, Thursday mornings, that Johnson was rumored the Timberwolves are apparently interested in him, according to his agent. He was probably going to be traded as part of part of the Miami Heat deal um, involving the Memphis Grizzlies to land Iguodala, clear some cap space. There was a chance maybe he could be rerouted or bought out. I was surprised that he would be an option for the Wolves when the other teams listed were the Bucks and the Rockets, of course, who are both contending teams. However, the Wolves ended up getting him as he was rerouted from Memphis to the Timberwolves. Gorgie Jang went to Memphis. The contracts are similar. Gorgie actually makes a little bit more money. Johnson has a player option for next year, but it saves the Wolves roughly $900,000 on um, towards the cap. They're still about $1.1 million over, so they need to do a little bit more work to get down. But this move was made to to save just a little bit of money, get closer. And also Johnson's just a better fit for a modern NBA offense for what the Wolves are trying to do. Um, as awesome as Gorgie was, and as the longest tenured Timberwolf, um, he did a ton of great things for the community, both in Minneapolis and also in his um, in his home uh, country of Senegal. Um, it really sad to see him go. and but But quite frankly, I mean, he wasn't, there wasn't a role for him in Minnesota beyond backing up Carl Anthony Towns. And Gorgie's a better player than to be simply a 10 to 12 minute a game backup. Didn't fit super well, or at least the Wolves didn't try him very much recently next to Towns. Um, Tom Thibodeau did that a little bit in his first year, actually a lot. I think Gorgie started every game that year uh, for Tom Thibodeau at power forward next to Towns. But what the Wolves decided was James Johnson, as a really a combo forward type player, um, brings a level of toughness and um, still some three-point shooting ability um, to this team. He can line up next to Towns. He can play a little bit at the three if they need him to, but primarily he's going to be kind of the uh, the opposite of Juan Hernan Gomez. Uh, Hernan Gomez is more of the stretch four, um, decent all-around defender, okay rebounder. James Johnson is, is the tougher player, is the, um, you know, it can still knock down a three as actually shooting, I think, a career high over 35% from three this year um, and and is going to provide that edge that the Wolves have not had previously and certainly not recently. Um, so the Wolves are now collecting some of these kind of undersized fours that can also switch on to threes, whether it be James Johnson, Omari Spellman, who they acquired earlier in the day. Um, and uh, on top of the guys that they've already got and the guys that, you know, Keelan Martin started at the four on Wednesday night against the Hawks. That's probably not his ideal role, uh, but he could play some four. He's a little bit of a bigger bodied wing. Um, and the Wolves the Wolves have kind of a stable of these players that can guard multiple positions. Jake Lehman's another one. Um, he likely will be back shortly after the All-Star break from his, his turf toe injury. He's been out since November, um, but he's another one. The Wolves are going to have several guys who can line up at the four, who can line up at the three, can switch onto either one of those roles. Um, and Johnson adds an element that the Wolves didn't have previously. Lehman's more of a cutter. Layman's more of a, a spot-up three-point shooter and cutter, play in transition, et cetera. James Johnson's um, more of a defensive-minded guy um, who, again, is going to bring that toughness and that edge to the team. Um, so just another kind of a, a you know, this it's a slightly better fit, slightly, you know, a little bit of a cost savings. 
just a savvy move from the Wolves. It has Sashin Gupta, the um, I think his title's GM or assistant GM, um, the former creator of the trade machine and, and salary cap guru who's with Philadelphia for a long time. Um, this has him written all over it to try and get them closer to the tax and then also to find a player who's a little bit of a better fit for the Wolves offense than Gorgie Jeng was. Um, now we'll likely see Nas Reed playing a lot of minutes at the backup five for the Wolves is they don't really have a true backup center. Nas actually played a few minutes next to Towns on Wednesday night. So we'll see if that happens a little bit as well. Granted, the Wolves were very shorthanded and didn't obviously have Hernan Gomez, didn't have James Johnson. Um, so we'll see what that rotation looks like moving forward. But don't be surprised if Reed gets some run here. Um, as far as James Johnson goes, he probably will be in the rotation this year. I think the Wolves are going to want to see how he fits. He's he has a player option for next year. He's not going to turn down $16 million. He's going to be 33 years old next year. So he'll be back. But he also has an expiring deal after next year that the Wolves could trade, similar to what they did with Jeff Teague this year. The Wolves could start the season with James Johnson. If they have a great start to the year and don't want to shuffle uh, the roster too much, they could keep him in the fold. They could compete with him as part of the rotation. He's still a 20-minute-a-game guy. I mean, he was still playing a, a decent role in the rotation in Miami um, this season even. Um, or the Wolves could choose to flip him as part of a bigger deal this summer um, if they are going to make a bigger move, something like, a, you know, for instance, a Devin Booker move or something like that. Um, but it gives the Wolves some flexibility. And worst case scenario, he's a better fit for next year's roster than Gorgie Jang and should be an easier player to move than Gorgie Jang. Um, the Wolves have been open to moving Gorgie for several years. And um, as, as good of a guy as he is and as effective as a player as he can be as a starting center, he wasn't a, a great fit um, with Towns already on the roster. All right, that, that does it. That puts a bow on this trade season. Um, trade deadline has come and gone. The Wolves are going to be in some buyout conversations, more likely than not, with a guy like Evan Turner, for instance, the deadline for somebody to be bought out and then be able to join a contending team for the playoffs is March 1st. So there will be some news on that moving forward. We'll also take a step back and look at the overall uh, ramifications on the draft pick compensation that the Wolves, or the draft picks that they have, I guess, available to them this summer and moving forward and what the salary cap situation looks like as well. That'll be a topic for early next week. Um, we, though Timberwolves have a game on Saturday night against the Clippers. Um, hopefully we'll get to see some of the new guys. Not sure if Russell will be available, but surely the guys acquired from, um, the, uh, the Nuggets and Hawks earlier this week should be available. So we'll have a recap of that on Monday morning. We'll preview the games for next week as well, but we'll take a look at, at what goes down in Wolves Clippers and hopefully how some of these new players are, are integrated into the Wolves offense. All right, that's all we have for you today. Thank you for listening to our emergency trade deadline edition of the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, the Locked On Network is your local experts on the biggest stories. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On T Wolves. That's at Locked On T Wolves. Don't forget the T. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked On Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.